up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Wednesday, August 17th. So close to this weekend's fantasy football drafts. Love it, man. Love this time of year, and uh, love previewing all these teams. Of course, on the show today, we got the L.A. teams. You got the Rams and the Chargers. We're going to break them down for you for fantasy football purposes. Of course, before I dive in, remember ftnfantasy.com for all of your fantasy football needs. <laughs> Go check it out, though. In all seriousness, it's a pretty awesome site. I'm not going to lie. you know, It's an awesome site. There's pretty much everything and anything you could need, including some really cool strategy articles. Like today, I just released an article on uh, team defense. Like literally people make this same mistake in drafts every year, even like seasoned drafters, people who know what they're doing, make the same mistake. And I tell you how to avoid that mistake. It's pretty simple. So go check that out. The handcuffing article earlier this week as well. Go check that out. Go check out the rankings and the projections and the two draft guides. And if you get the Platinum subscription, you can also check out League Sync and the Discord chat and the advanced stats so much more. Promo code RATPACK, R-A-T-P-A-C-K. That'll get you 20% off over at FTNFantasy.com. Hook it up, man. Get in. Get in. All right. Let's uh, let's talk about the Rams. They uh, may have done well last year. Last I checked, they ended up obviously winning the Super Bowl. It is a pretty potent offense that really has a lot of continuity year over year. And of course, really, that starts with, well, first and foremost, the big move they made, the power move they made last year. They went out, they got a quarterback who was capable of running more of Sean McVay's playbook than their previous quarterback. Matthew Stafford, much more than Jared Goff. And it immediately worked. It paid dividends. He won, you know, it was a big part of winning the darn Super Bowl. Now, a lot of people are worried. The elbow issue heading into camp uh, certainly had some folks concerned, but Remember, something that you hear in early August isn't necessarily something you should be worried about in late August or especially early September when the season starts. Sometimes these things are just that. They happen, and there's a plan in place, and these guys recover from them. So while people were freaking the F out in the beginning of August, yesterday Stafford played in a full scrimmage, and Sean McVay was raving over what he saw. They had a plan in place, and Stafford seems fine. So, you know, let people, this is one of the best things you can do when people overreact in fantasy football is let them. You know, we'll keep this between us, right? You, know, you me, we'll keep it between us. But let all those other ding-dongs overreact, freak out, and say, oh, aren't you concerned about that? No. I mean, react, but don't overreact. And we could react in the beginning of the month and say, all right, this is something we're going to pay attention to. And then react when we get this great news on the 16th of August that he looked great in practice. So Stafford remains a back-end quarterback. One, he's a guy who certainly could hit 40 touchdown passes again. Uh, Certainly could be a 5,000-yard passer. Like He could do all of these things, and he has one of the best receivers in the league at his disposal in Cooper Cup. So that helps his cause. Uh, Obviously, we know Cooper Cup, if he's not the first receiver drafted in your home league, then, all right, Justin Jefferson is. Then, all right, fine. Cooper Cup is the second, if not the third. He's not going any later than that. It's hard to top a historically good season. And last year, statistically, was one of the best 
seasons we've ever seen from a wide receiver in the history of the NFL. Not being hyperbolic whatsoever. Really, truly, incredible year. But Cooper Cup is is, is that good that, not necessarily maybe another historic year, but he's going to be a super high floor, super high ceiling guy yet again this year. He's a technician. He's one of the best route runners in the league. He is so effective at getting open, despite not being fast. He doesn't do it with 4-6 speed. And every bit, I, I mean, heck, if you said, Jeff, I'm going to take Cooper Cup second overall. John, I know Jonathan Taylor's going first. I don't want McCaffrey. I don't want Eckler. I, I'm just going to take Cooper Cup. I'm not talking out of that. He's right in that conversation for me. He's in that tier of player. And what I think is interesting as well is last year, okay, Woods was there. Woods and Matthew Stafford never quite seemed on the same page. Then the injury happened right when they 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 brought Odell into the mix. And Odell didn't look like his old self, but he was all right, you know. And then you have Van Jefferson as your three. Allen Robinson is a step up on both of those guys. You know, maybe pre-injury Odell, he wouldn't have been pre like the first ACL. But now, he's a step up on what Odell was last year for that team. He's a step up. Plus, he also has the, the whole offseason with the team, unlike what Odell had coming in and having to learn basically halfway through the season. He's a step up on Robert Woods, or more than a step up on Robert Woods. Like, this is a much better complementary piece for Cooper Cup than what you had last year. So that'll help the cause. And I like Allen Robinson as a back-end wide receiver, too. This is the best quarterback he's ever played with, and he is not over the hill just yet. Van Jefferson uh, had a little uh, knee cleanup. Should be fine for the start of the season. But really, like, the third receiver, I don't know. the, The only appeal there is if for some reason... Cup or Robinson went down with injury, okay, then then we're in a different spot. As far as Tyler Higby is concerned, he's going to be used, but is he going to be anything better than a 3-for-32 guy? No. Unfortunately, I, I actually have him like spot on 3-for-32 projection with four touchdowns. So if you go 3-for-32 average, which is what a lot I – don't, I, I don't have that nickname because it's uncommon. It's a very common average for tight ends. So if you go that and you score four touchdowns, that means there are going to be probably four games at the most where you are a viable fantasy tight end. Like a a tight end that the manager who started him can sleep well that Sunday night. Most of the time, you're not going to be. In fact, three quarters of the time, you're not going to be a good option. So just keep that in mind with Higby. Not worth a late round shot. There was one point in time where Higby looked like a budding superstar, but yeah, maybe that was more product of schedule than it was, and and situation than it was uh, him actually being a budding superstar. All right, so let's talk about the backfield. Cam Akers is there. Daryl Henderson is there. The team did draft Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. Jake Funk is there as well. But really, it comes down to Akers and Henderson. There were some rumblings that this might be a full-blown timeshare between the two, and I just find that really hard to believe. By the way, they're both hurt right now, but neither is is a serious injury. I just find it hard to believe, though. Sean McVay's MO has typically been to lean on one back and then spell that back briefly with other backs, but really lean on that one. I mean, it was Todd Gurley for a while. Heck, it it was Akers for a little bit. It was It's also been Henderson briefly. But Akers, 
in the playoffs, remarkably coming back from an Achilles injury, was not efficient. And all all the box score scouts out there are going to tell you, uh, yeah, yeah, with with his two yards per carry. Okay, okay. But what about the 76 touches that he had? If Sean McVay was that concerned <laughs> about the two yards per carry, would, would he really have given him 76 t- touches in the mo- four most important games of the year for the team? I mean, seriously, sometimes two plus two equals four, right? Sometimes it really is. They don't need to literally spell it out for us to tell us what we need to know. Now, that being said, I'm not over the moon on Cam Akers. I don't have him as a top 10 guy. I'm ranking him at 15 right now. But, uh, you know, if if you're somebody who likes to draft running backs early, he could be a nice little value this year. Uh, he's a dead zone back for me, but could be a nice value for you. All right, let's talk about the Chargers. Oh, boy, this team's fun, man. This team's freaking fun. And the fun... It starts with the quarterback. What Was that a quiet 5,000-yard season? I mean, I know that Justin Herbert, like fantasy folks, love themselves from Justin Herbert. They do, and rightfully so. There's a lot of appeal to this kid. He plays the game the way it should be played. He's got mobility like a modern NFL quarterback does. He's got a cannon of an arm, like a cannon of an arm. And he's smart, and I mean, just everything. But it feels like the 5,000 yards kind of flew under the radar a little bit. I don't know. I mean, considering how rare it has been in the history of the NFL. Now, granted, it's a 17-game season, but whatever. I don't care about that. 5,000 is still 5,000 as far as I'm concerned. And he did it. Now, here's the problem. When you're this good, you're going to go early. You're going to go in, what, the fourth round? In... 12-team home leagues and one-quarterback leagues, you're going to be a top-six pick in Superflex. Might even be the third overall pick. So that kind of prices him out in, in terms of my strategy. Remember, you can uh, if you want to see all the different strategies you can use and the, stra- the way that I kind of take myself through a draft and deploy my strategies, I wrote it all up in the Fantasy Football Draft Strategy Guide over at FTNFantasy.com. It is behind a paywall, but it is worth checking out if you're if you're already a subscriber if you want to be a subscriber like I said promo code ratpack 20% off all right that that does suck but you know when I get priced out of a quarterback you know what I try to do instead I try to get a piece of that quarterback so if it's like Josh Allen then let me get Diggs or Gabe Davis if it's Mahomes maybe Kelsey maybe Juju maybe Marquez Valdez Scanling or something like that or Sky Moore if it's Herbert well it's maybe Keenan Allen or Mike Williams uh, possibly, you know, at tight end Gerald Everett, maybe late round Joshua Palmer, right? And then, of course, Austin Eckler. So let's talk about the wide outs first. All right, Keenan Allen, old faithful, right? As steady, like, just, just get out the permanent mark. Get the Sharpie out, and when you're projecting his receptions, just write one zero zero at least <laughs> because this dude is just, he's just automatic, even at he's not super old, but even at his age, automatic. Put a hundred catches in there, hundred. All right. Now he's not going to have massive yardage on those. He's not a high ADOC guy, and, and he's not he's not a guy who. It would surprise me if Keenan Allen went out and had like 11, 12 touchdowns, but still he's going to have six, seven, eight. He's going to just every single week fill up the sheet with catches, 
and he's fine from a yardage standpoint. So the question is, do you want him or do you want the more volatile Mike Williams? And we saw last year, the highs can be very high with Mike Williams. Like He could be first overall any given week. Number one wide receiver. But he could also be like the 80th wide receiver in any given week. And that has happened. Now, you're not going to get that ebb and flow with Keenan Allen. So if you can handle that roller coaster ride, then sure, Mike Williams has a lot of appeal as a wide receiver too. Um, sometimes it, it helps to have that higher floor. Maybe you don't have the number one for the week overall potential with Allen. Like it wouldn't be shocking if he did it, but Williams has the higher ceiling for sure. But um, you know, pick your poison. I, I'm leaning Allen if I had the choice between the two. As far as Palmer is concerned, you got some upside. I think this kid's going to take another step forward this year. But just be aware they will also be using Jalen Guyton as their sort of designated shot play guy because he can get down the field in a hurry. Now, Gerald Everett is in the mix. Donald Parham should also be used as well, but Everett figures to be more of the primary pass catcher for this team at tight end. We're always, he's like a perennial fantasy football tease, isn't he, Gerald Everett? Last year, going to Seattle, fantasy football tease. Earlier in his career with the Rams, fantasy football tease. Does it continue here? Probably will a little. I just don't know if there's enough meat on the bone. For him to be a consistent tight end one. Like certainly, again, could be a three, three for 32 guy who scores five, six touchdowns during the course of the season. Sure, that means five or six weeks he's usable and then the rest he isn't. So just be aware. But I don't mind if you're drafting tight ends in the late rounds trying to swing for the fences. Going Gerald Everett and David Njoku. Gerald Everett and Evan Ingram. Gerald Everett and Irv Smith. Whatever. Any of those guys. Sure. Shoot for the moon. And if you swing and miss on both of them, well, heck, you're going to need players to cut during the course of the season anyway. But you just might hit. You never quite know. Uh, And he does have that ceiling, that profile that you do want to go after. Austin Eckler's phenomenal. I think we all know that. Now, he also is 27 years old and did say this offseason that he hopes the Chargers do have a little bit in that backfield to reduce his workload. Not dramatically. But, you know, a few, you have touched the ball two fewer times a game, that starts to add up at the end of the season, right? That's 34 fewer touches, which could help you keep you fresh a little bit longer. And they did address the position in the draft with Isaiah Spiller. So I'll talk about Spiller in a second. But even with a couple fewer touches, like Austin Eckler's value doesn't come from like a Derrick Henry workload as a runner, it comes from being one of the top pass-catching backs in the NFL. Remember, every target is worth two and a half times as many fantasy points as every carry over the long term. Not, It won't always work out perfectly that way, but targets are much more valuable than carries. So just keep that in mind with Eckler. Taking him third overall uh, in, in most instances. I mean, he's number three on my board. Again, I'm not going to talk you out of Cooper Cup, but number three on my board right now. Love him up there uh, just with the pass-catching ability for sure. And then he adds as a runner, and they used him more in the red zone last year. Now, Isaiah Spiller in the first preseason game was behind Larry Roundtree and Joshua Kelly, but it was the first preseason game. And I think they were getting a look at both Roundtree and Kelly to figure out which one of them they're going to cut. I honestly do. So, again, we'll react to that first preseason game, but I still do think that Spiller 
is going to end up being a handcuff in this backfield, not Kelly, not Roundtree. I mean, Spiller is not a game-breaking guy, but he runs hard. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. I, I keep saying like he gives me kind of Arian Foster vibes a little bit. And I would say poor man's Aaron Foster, but Aaron Foster wasn't drafted and Spiller was drafted in the fourth round. So whatever with that, I'm not saying he's going to emerge and be one of the most dominant backs in fantasy football, but I do see that like Foster never like, like ran away from anybody. And that's kind of what you get with Spiller. So if I'm going to cuff Eckler, it's still going to be Spiller. All right, remember, ftnfantasy.com, promo code RATPACK will get you 20% off over there. Use it. Also remember the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. I actually put one up today. So go subscribe to that podcast as well if you want more of a JR here. All right? At Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. Love seeing that hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the podcast. So bring it on Twitter, man. Bring it. All right. I'll be back tomorrow. Uh, We will have the Raiders and the Dolphins. I'll catch you then. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.